Hello and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ. This is Mountainside, where we study the most intoxicating, dangerous, and radical words ever spoken, Jesus' words, on the Sermon on the Mount. It's been a couple of weeks since we've um, been together. Our church was doing a senior celebration week last week, and it was all hands on deck. But here we are, back, Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 23, or excuse me, verse 27. You heard, Jesus continued, that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who gazes at a woman in order to lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye trips you up, tear it out, throw it away. Yes, it's better for you to have one part of your body destroyed than for the whole body to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand trips you up, cut it off and throw it away. Yes, it's better for you to have one part of your body destroyed than for your whole body to go into Gehenna. On the surface, Jesus is simply commanding an expansion of the original law, do not commit adultery taking the onus off of the act of sex onto the act of lust. This is pretty typical of Christ throughout the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, just last week we discussed how he took murder back to its root of anger. And in a little bit we'll see him do it over and over again with a variety of other commands. Taking the command and pulling it to its root, to its source, to its heart problem. But I would like us to take a second and consider the culture in which Jesus is speaking these radical words. If we find ourselves in first century Palestine, what we're going to find is in a very heavily patriarchal society in which women have very little rights, very little rights, even over their own bodies. A marriage covenant, when signed, gave the husband explicit rights over his wife. This led to a variety of very abusive relationships. We see it throughout the ancient world, but in particular in the Roman Empire in the first century. Women, nothing more than child-bearers, devalued, uncared for, and silenced. We find in this time and place that sexual assault was a regular norm. In fact, many people just refer to that as marital relations. It was a horrible, horrible time. And Jesus came onto the scene and immediately started rocking the boat. See, back then it wouldn't have been considered wrong to lust after a woman. The action is what was important. As long as there was no sex, there was no sin. But Christ made it about a heart. Made it about the way they view people. And he he increased the value of women precipitously. See, notice how in this instance. Jesus made women more, more than sexual icons to be desired, more than bodies to be lusted after. He made them different. The idea of lust intrinsically devalues. What you're doing whenever you lust is by evaluating the person based on their physical attributes as chiefly important. The worth of a human being, therefore, is nothing more than their aesthetic beauty. 
all of the God-given grace, all of the God-given worth, the price that Christ paid for that soul, the image bearer, becomes completely devalued to a series of metrics and aesthetic evaluations. Lust is damaging and detrimental. It takes worth away from people, and it ruins the luster. This command, though, is just as difficult now as it was then. Though in the 21st century, we have done a great deal more in respecting and evaluating women more effectively. Though in the 21st century, we have done a lot to make marriage equitable and a partnership rather than domination and submission. But lust hasn't gone away. In our society right now, in our culture right now, pornography is a norm. Addictions are on the rise. In fact, most people my age have either struggled with or are struggling with pornography addictions. Lust hasn't changed. The desire to evaluate another human based on their aesthetic beauty hasn't changed. The problem with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is that there isn't a rubric to follow. He doesn't say things like, don't be angry, and here are three steps to overcome anger. In this situation, he doesn't say, do not lust, and here are three steps to overcoming your lust. Because Jesus understands that there isn't a rubric that we can follow to accomplish it. There's only one way to accomplish it. A complete and utter reliance on the Holy Spirit to transform us. We as human primates, as, as, as animals in the animal kingdom, have a tendency to evaluate for mating. To evaluate based on beauty. To devalue based on lust. But what God is teaching us to do is to transform the very way we in, in, engage with people, the way we evaluate people, the way we process information to value people more. And this is not uncommon. Jesus always worked to change the way people are valued. How many times do we hear stories in the New Testament of a prostitute, a tax collector, or a sinner coming in the presence of Christ, being shunned by the world but accepted by him? How many times did Jesus radically shake the status quo by putting Mary and Martha in the place of disciples to teach them scriptures? How many times did he allow himself to go into the house of or be in the company of women? In fact, who was the first person Jesus chose to proclaim the gospel that he has risen? It was Mary. Time and again, Jesus broke the status quo by his evaluation and care for women. But it starts here. Let me ask you a question. I don't know you. I don't know who's listening to this. And many of you may not know me. So the answer this in your head. And know that you have complete anonymity in there. Do you evaluate people based on physical beauty, aesthetics, or their bodies? Or do you value people for their souls? 
The first thing you notice when you see someone, is it their physical appearance, how beautiful, attractive they are? Or is it the immeasurable worth that was placed upon them? Because one of those will lead down a dark and dangerous path. Impure thoughts. And perhaps sin. And one will lead you to the command of loving all indiscriminately and living self-sacrificially for everyone. It's hard to believe that there is a direct correlation drawn between our ability to transform our eyes from lust to love and our ability to do the kingdom work. But we cannot do the kingdom work if we have lost the value of the people we're trying to save. Next week, we'll pick back up and begin to talk about commitments. Commitments. Commitments in oath and commitments in marriage. And what Jesus has to say about that. But don't worry. We're getting to the really fun stuff soon. Things like resistance of an evildoer and loving your neighbor. Things like judgment and pity. And I'm excited to go there with you.